Face podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast. Providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. And be sure to add our podcast in the How Did You Hear About Podgo section of the application. All right, everybody, welcome to episode 59 of the Fantasy Timeline, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network. I'm Josh at Real Fantasy TL. I'm with my main man, Bill at Super Duperflex. Bill, how you doing, man? Oh, doing good. Excited for the championship week and football all weekend and Christmas. And yeah, then I'll be sad for a little bit and then it'll be the off season. Yay. Yeah, man. I mean, this is kind of like this is the most wonderful time of the year, as they say. You know, we get Christmas football, then we get day after Christmas football, then we get some regular Sunday football. I mean, it's it's pretty awesome. Plus, you know, battling for championships, trying to uh, maybe sell off some older assets and leagues that we still have a trade deadline and trying to help those champions win while maximizing our own assets. So. Yeah, man, it's a good deal. It's it's great. And then, like you said, you know, we, we go through the playoffs. There's not really much going on. Super Bowl comes, and then, boom, we're right back at it. You know, we're, we're trying to make trades if we can. We're looking at startups. We're doing all, all that kind of fun stuff. So it's the best thing about Dynasty. It kind of never ends, which, I mean, all of us degenerates love that. So, um, all right, so talk, talking about uh, degenerates and – so maybe some of the guys that got us into the championship game or maybe kept us out of the championship game. Uh, let's go to the good, the bad, and the ugly. So uh, I'll start off. I'll go with my good. Tony Pollard, 18 touches, 132 total yards, two touchdowns. And there's a lot of people that slipped Tony Pollard either into maybe a running back two or flex spot. Last minute when they heard Zeke uh, was going to be out for the game. And Tony Pollard probably led a lot of people to a championship. I know uh, in the one league that I'm still uh, fighting for the championship, Tony Pollard, I think, was my highest scoring player. So um, that was a good feeling knowing that a guy that I really haven't used much throughout the year comes in in the clutch and, and has delivered me into a championship game. All right, Bill. So who's your good? Uh, my good was Darren Waller. Um, he is, I mean, the second half of the season, he's been pretty, pretty impressive. And he had uh, nine catches, 150 yards and a touchdown. Um, a lot of the tight ends, you know, kind of faded away a little bit. There's really only a few tight ends that you kind of feel good about because you just don't know what you're going to get. And even guys that you think you do, you don't, and that kind of leads into my bad, which 
if you don't mind, I will just roll into that. Roll right into the bad, man. Yeah, so the bad is uh, Hawkinson. I mean, he was like the number three or number four tight end in points entering last week, and then he gets you a solid you know, 1.8 points because he had uh, two catches, uh, 18 yards, and a fumble. So, I mean, you know, for a guy that's at the top of the list, or at least in the top, you know, let's say six tight ends to go from either getting 30 points from Waller or getting, you know, let's say two points from Hawkinson. I mean, that's a huge variance and could be completely what sends you to the championship championship game or not. So, yeah, while you were talking about that, a, a thought popped into my head. So I want to run it by you and see what you think. Should Darren Waller be tight end two next year in startups? just for the fact that he seems to have that Travis Kelsey type consistency, not so much that he's going to score. I think Kelsey's averaging like 26 points a game right now, but even if he's averaging 20 points a game for you, but he's out there each and every week. I mean, I, I think that's so super valuable at the tight end position because even George Kittle, who was a monster, who's supremely talented, has had his issues with injuries. And then we get, you know, things like hot going, you know, two for 18. And we have our ups and downs with guys like uh, Mark Andrews and, and the like. So um, do you, do you think if he just balls out the last two games and just keeps doing what he's been doing the last three or four uh, that some people are going to contemplate taking him as the tight end too? I think there might be some people, but I think that that Kelsey Kittle tier is just so like hyped that yeah. I don't, I think Waller is always going to be a little discounted just because of his issues um, in the past and kind of that offense. And, you know, if, as these wide receivers mature, does that take away from Waller? And, you know, I mean, Waller's still reasonably young for a tight end. So, I mean, he has that going for him. But then you have the young guys. Yeah, Hawkinson's inconsistent, but he's in his second year. So, I mean, those are things that people can at least argue, you know, and he's like six years younger. So, like, there's all these, like, different things. It just depends on what people value. But for production, I mean, I think you have to put him up into that top, top, you know, three or four at least at a, you know, at a bare minimum. So, um, I'm probably still going for the Kelsey Kittle um top two and then Waller, but Waller is a fantastic, you know, like uh parting gifter, you know, just uh, if you don't get the top two guys, like I'm completely happy adding him. Um, Cause obviously he's, you know, a lot of people this year didn't like him just because they were worried it was, he was a one year wonder, but he's proven it now, you know, and that that's a huge thing. And, the injury thing with Kittle a little bit, I mean, yeah, that's a concern. But at the same time, I mean, all of these tight ends at some point in time are going to get dinged up. So, I mean, if we see it again with Kittle this year, then I can start getting concerned. But I don't think I'm quite there in the injury concern yet. But long story short, yes, top three, I think. Yeah, and it's going to be real interesting to see what happens in startups because I think once you go Kittle, Kelsey, and Waller, I think things you could throw a lot of different guys in that like four to 12 range and you might be right. You might be wrong. So I think uh, it'll be very interesting to see how high those three guys go because they are the, uh, the closest 
to a sure thing as you can get at tight end position. But uh, uh, let me throw my bet out there. Uh, Devontae Adams, seven receptions, 42 yards. Listen, Devontae Adams, he's really good. Um, just a very weird game for the Packers where they didn't need a whole lot of offense to get a win and Aaron Rodgers didn't have a ton of yards. No, no one else. I mean, I think uh, Aaron Jones had a good game, but no one else really kind of balled out. But I know that uh, there there may be a few people who are not in their championship game because Devontae Adams didn't give them the normal 20, 25, 30 point game that everyone has become used to. So uh, I, I put them as my bad. And then I'll roll right into the ugly. <sighs> Dwayne Haskins, you know, trying his best to get COVID at a strip club. Listen, I don't understand it, and don't get me wrong. Listen, if if your thing is going to gentlemen's establishments and and watching the people that work there, hey, I support that, man. I've been in a few gentlemen's establishments myself, and I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with that. But knowing that you're going to be in the spotlight as the guy who was the starting quarterback and then wasn't, and then became the starting quarterback again, you know, all eyes are going to be on you. And to be honest, I, you know, just from personal experience and you know, bachelor parties and the such, the, these young ladies will come to your house for a fee and, and do all the same things that they do at their workplace. So I don't understand why you felt the need to go in there and, you know, not wear a mask. Yeah, there looks like James uh, James Harden may or may not have done the same thing. That's kind of up for debate right now. People are saying he did. He's saying he he didn't. But you know, just wear a mask, even if you're at the the gentlemen's club. Wear a mask. I mean, listen, you you don't want to catch anything at a gentleman's establishment. So just wear your mask and and be okay and. It looks like uh, I heard a report today that uh, Dwayne Haskins got fined 60% of his game check, which ends up being roughly $40,000. But it looks like he's going to be able to play. So I'm assuming he's probably being tested more maybe than he had in the past just to make sure that he doesn't come positive for COVID. But... Dwayne Haskins, he's trying his hardest to not have a job anymore. So good luck to him, I guess. What about you, Bill? What What's your ugly? So my ugly is the participants of one football game. And so it's actually both teams. And it is the L.A. Rams who, by winning, would be in first place in their division and be in complete control um, of their – uh, you know, of their destiny. And, uh, but then they, they lose to the jets, like the worst team. Oh, and 13 team. And then it's also ugly because the jets won. So the jets are now not the one Oh one for the NFL draft. So they do not get their pick of litter. And um, so both teams, you know, broke expectations and hurt themselves, you know, in the, uh, with their actions. So 
something that should have happened shouldn't have happened either way and they both hurt themselves so that was pretty ugly yeah i mean i know so many people that bet the uh they bet the money line on that rams game it was a lock you know it was it was free money pretty much everyone said you know so of course you know the the rams probably play their worst game of the season on both sides of the ball and uh, you know, the Jets, Sam Darnold actually looked good out there during that game. I don't, I can't even put that into words, man, because it's like the one thing you didn't think was going to happen was the Rams with that lights out defense going up against the Jets with an offense that, you know, can't score on anybody. You thought it was pretty much game set match, but you know, now, now the newest thing on Twitter going around is, you know, Jacksonville's going to beat Chicago this week, you know, because they can't just, you know, they can't have nice things. They're going to give it back to, to the Jets for the, for the final cup, for the final game of the season. And they'll end up with that second pick again. And the Jets will end up with the first pick, which is what they've worked so hard for throughout the season. So, you know, Jacksonville is going to be a very interesting watch for the last two games, just because they have to, uh, do what they've been doing since week one. You know, they won week one and then just decided they were going to lose the rest of the season. So uh, we'll we'll have our eyes open to see if they actually can can pull it off, lose 15 straight and get the number one pick and bring uh, Trevor Lawrence down there to throw to DJ Chark and have James Robinson in the backfield and maybe pick up some other weapons throughout uh, the free agency period and, and during the draft. So. All right, that's our good, our bad, and our ugly. You know, unfortunately, uh, or fortunately, these guys, you know, cost you maybe the week or brought you into a championship. So we'll be doing this again next week when we talk about the guys that probably won people championships and the guys that uh, cost people championships. So that'll be a good one next week. So uh, let, let's uh, roll right into what we saw in the timeline. So this first one is from friend of the show, Larry Monkey at FF Larry Monkey. The commission forgot to reseed the week 15 matchups per bylaws. What do you do? And his, his choices are let it ride as is and stick to the bylaws. So Bill, I'm going to let you go first. Uh, I actually responded to this. So I'll just, I'll repeat my response after uh, you're done. Yes. This one's pretty easy for me. It's uh, you got to do what's in the bylaws. It's not like anything changed. You know, there's uh, it's just the matchups were different. And maybe a team played a player differently because of that. But it's kind of on everyone to be aware of what the settings are for the league. And so, I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a mess up by the, the commish. But when all said and done, you got to follow those rules. You don't just say, oh, messed up. We got to live with it. And let's move on. Because then that sets a precedent for another you know, for you not following the rules when you're supposed to. All right. So my, my response was if someone calls it out before the games start, then yeah, you obviously have to reseed, you know, put it, even if it's, you know, an hour before the game start, you know, reseed it and do what the bylaws say. But if the, if the games are played and maybe somebody, who lost the game based on the matchups that were in front of them 
realize, oh, this is in the bylaws and I'm going to win now because I play this this other person. I, I don't think that's right either. Now, I agree with you, Bill. I think, like, obviously, you need to know what's going on in your leagues. You need to be up to date on your bylaws. And the, the commissioner of the league definitely needs to be kind of on top of that and say, hey, we're reseeding. This is what it is. But, uh, you know, it almost seems like uh, it could be a get out of jail free card for somebody who lost the game uh, based on not having the reseeding happen read the bylaws, realize that, get it switched, and then win a week. So um I know I know you're you're a lot of times you're in that uh that co- commissioner mindset because you commission so many leagues and I only commission one so a lot of times I'm coming from the player mindset and I'm kind of like, hey like if I beat you and none of the four teams or the commissioner realize that this thing needed to be reseeded, we shouldn't be reseeding after the fact, you know, after the games are played, after the final scores are put in and, you know, kind of how I feel. So it's kind of like kind of a little from column A and a little from column B in my case. But yeah, um, I mean, it sucks as the player if you lose, right, because of this rule change. Um, it's just it's one of those things that's just an unfortunate situation, in my opinion, you know, like, but I get it. Like as a player, I, it would not feel right. You know, it would definitely definitely suck because if that person was aware of that beforehand and then didn't say it until afterwards because they wanted to see if they were going to win or not and see if anybody else brought it up but you can't really I guess I can't really hold them like put that on them that that's what they're doing you know what I mean you can't think of the worst of somebody so I mean I guess I mean I guess you can't but I mean the point (laughs) being is like you know, just as the rules are the rules and it sucks and, you know, it sucks for the the people that would have ended up losing. But, um, yeah, yeah, it's just a shitty situation. Yeah, and, and listen, and Bill knows this, you know, firsthand, being a commissioner is a tough freaking job. So make sure make sure you're built for it before you decide to do it because if you're not built for it, things like this happen. And then you, you put yourself in some real crappy situations where you're now trying to figure out a situation kind of like this, you know, someone comes up and says, Oh, well, you were supposed to reseed," and someone else is saying, yeah, well, it's too late. Now we played the games and I won. I'm not going to lose because you forgot to do your job. So it's just, and again, this is why maybe, uh, maybe slide your commissioner a six pack at the end of the season, just because, Situations like this do arise, and they have to make tough decisions on whether they uh, whether they have to crush one person's dreams or the other. So, uh, you know, that's my that's my Christmas Eve Eve uh, good deed of the day. Slip your commissioner a six pack. Um, all right, that was a good one, and we're gonna go right now to Zach Freed at Fantasy One Five. Uh, do you split the pot or play for keeps playing in the championship in a league with $720 for first place, three, six, three sixty for second. Other manager asked me if I wanted to split it five forty each, what's the move. And there's two choices, go big or go home or play it safe and split it. 
So I have, I think I have a, an unpopular opinion about this and I'm fine being on the, maybe the wrong side of history here. I play it out. I don't, I don't split pots unless someone comes to me and, and I actually heard someone say this today and I thought they brought up a really good point on another pod. If someone maybe comes up to you and says, Hey, like COVID happened, I lost my job. It would be really nice to maybe have 500 bucks in my pocket for the holiday season. All right. Like I can get you saying, Hey, you know, the, my friendship with this person or the, you know, this person I really respect, I'd rather have them maybe have a little bit happier for Christmas than go for the win quote unquote. But barring a situation like that, I go for it. And the reason why I go for it is because, and I know a lot of people will not agree with me on this. I almost liken it to collusion. Like I'm, I'm pulling another team off to the side or another team is pulling me off to the side and saying, Hey, like, you know, we can, we can both win here. You know, I'm going to do a little something for you. You're going to do a little something for me and we're both going to make out. And I, I don't, you know, I'm not about collusion in any form. And to me, this is kind of like collusion. So I, I'm a play the pot guy. Like, hey, if I win, I win the big money. And if I lose, the better team won. And, you know, I take the second second place purse and, you know, I go with, you know, go with those winnings and, and come back next season and try to win it. Uh, what's your what's your opinion on this, Bill? Yeah, I don't think I'm quite where you are where I would think that's sort of collusion. I think that's just kind of like, you know, it depends. Like if it's somebody I know well or not. So if it's somebody I know well that says, Hey, you just want to split the pot and we're still playing for the championship. That's what you're really playing this game for. The money is just a bonus. Then I really don't care what you do with the money personally. Like, I don't think that that's what you're playing for. Like, I mean, it's, you know, it is and it isn't, I guess, but that's not the big prize in my opinion. So I'm okay with anybody doing whatever the hell they want with the money. Um, and that's kind of how I view it. And that, that's why I don't kind of view it as collusion, just because there's nothing affecting the gameplay. Because if, if you're playing for the championship, that's what you're playing for. And and so it's all perspective. And so I have no problem with that. And if it's a friend that wants to do it, I'd be totally fine with it. If it's somebody I don't know personally, I'm probably not going to do it just because it's like, Nah, I don't know you. You know, I'm not I'm not doing this as a buddy, like, you know, yeah, sure, we'll just do it so we're both happy kind of thing. Um so that, that's kind of where I stand with it. Yeah, and I, and I get what you're saying. Like, uh, I don't think I don't think there's any any flaws in your logic with, with that. I just I don't know. It's a weird, I think it's a weird thing with me and I know it's an unpopular opinion and that's why I kind of prefaced it by saying I know it's an unpopular opinion because there are probably plenty of people listening to this right now and kind of saying like, Josh, you're an idiot, man. It, it, it's nothing like collusion, but it, in my mind, I kind of liken the two things because if I, you know, if I did something similar in week seven, you know, I think that, you know, I think that people would, and we, and we even hear it sometimes where, you know, we hear teams are like losing games on purpose to affect who they play in the playoffs or, you know, affect another team's playoff seating and all that kind of stuff. So 
I understand. I understand what you're saying too. We're playing for first. We're playing for those bragging rights to say like, I am the the champion of this league for this year, and the money is definitely a uh, is just kind of a byproduct of being the winner. But uh, yeah, I know it's unpopular. I'm I'm totally fine with that. I'm totally fine with being unpopular. But uh, just kind of my view on it. But I I. I see your viewpoint too. And I, I think you make a lot of good points. Like I think it does depend a lot on, you know, is this a good friend of yours? Is this a, you know, is this someone maybe you, you jumped into a random safe league and that guy is coming to you and saying, Hey, how about we chop this pot? And you're like, I don't really know who you are guy, like or girl. And you just say, Hey, we're, you know, I'm going to win everything, the championship, the money, the whole kit and caboodle. And, we'll see who comes out on top. So I, I get both sides. I definitely do. So, uh, all right, man, let's, let's roll over to dirty bird dynasty at dirty bird. Dino says, man, I don't feel good about starting J Rob in Chicago this week. Can I play Deontay Johnson as an alternative? Who would you rather start in the super bowl? And assuming he's saying the super bowl, of his league, uh, full PPR six point, for touchdowns so bill i'm gonna let you go first do you want deontay johnson at indianapolis or do you want james robinson at chicago well james robinson has a um injury concern i believe and so i probably am going to lean deontay i mean deontay kind of showed um but there was a league i think i needed 22 and a half half point PPR points for me to win. And he had pretty much nothing in the first half. And then he almost got enough for me to win uh, in one half. So that just kind of shows you like what he, and that was with only one touchdown. So it just kind of shows you like the accumulation of points that you can get. So, I mean, I'd probably, you know, play it by ear and just see kind of what the reports are through that game. And kind of get a feel for it, but I don't think plugging Deontay in is bad. Obviously a healthy James Robinson, I'm playing over Deontay, but a dinged up one, if I want to just make sure I'm getting points, I'm totally cool putting Deontay in. Yeah, you bring up some good points. I think gun to my head, if uh it sounds it sounds like according to the coaching staff that James Robinson's not going to practice at all this week. They just want to rest them to try to get them ready for Chicago. Um, if he plays, I think I'm playing him. And I mean, we've been a pro Deontay podcast since the beginning. So this is, this is no disrespect to Deontay, but the Pittsburgh offense just like scares the hell out of me, man. They've been so weird for uh, a month to five weeks. I mean, they almost they almost lost to Dallas, and they didn't put up a ton of points. And Dallas, I mean, everyone burns Dallas's defense, you know. They and they've had their issues against, you know, especially these last three games, you know, against the Bills and against the Bengals of all teams. And you know, it it worries me on that aspect. And I think James Robinson, if they're resting him all week and they're sending him out there. Chicago's defense actually hasn't been as scary as they were at the beginning of the season. They've kind of been giving it up a little bit. It seems like 
they've loosened up since Mitch Trubisky's came out there and kind of just decided to sling the ball all over the yard. So I think I would go. Uh, I think I would go with James Robinson, but obviously, if he's you know, if they're talking on Friday and Saturday that he's not looking good, you know, he's going to get limited snaps, something like that. I think you can roll right over to Deontay and be very happy that you have someone like that that you can fit right in. So, all right. I hope that helps, Dirty Bird. We're going to move over to Justin Wright at Justin underscore 14P. So, Fiddle active this week. We play in him, right? So, all right. If uh, if he's healthy, we play in him, right? We play in Kittle? Yeah. I mean, that's an interesting question. I mean, he's just – he's one of the one players I feel okay coming off an injury. Um, it just seems like he – if they play him, they know they're getting George Kittle. And, and so that's – one of those things where I just, you got to put them in unless you have like some other tight end that's up there. And I'm trying to think of like, it might only be if I had Waller, you know, or, or Kelsey. I mean, those are really the only guys. And then I had some incredible flex, you know, that'd be the only time that I wouldn't probably play Kittle. Um, I just got to pretend like he's been playing all season at this point if they put him in. And I'm with you 100%. I mean, didn't we see this earlier on in the season where Kittle got hurt for two or three weeks and he came back and we were like unsure if we should start him or not because he's just coming off the injury and he went bananas. I think I think that was that game against the Eagles. He, he just went nuts and scored a whole bunch of points. And I'm with you. If the 49ers after – this extended time that Kittle's been out with injury decide that week 16, he's ready to go. I think it's because he's ready to go. It's not that they're trotting him out there at 40% or 50%. You know, they're trotting him out there at 80% minimum, you know, and it's probably somewhere closer to 90 to 95%. So yeah, if he, if they say, George Kittle's playing today. Okay, cool. I'm putting them out there. And I agree with you. I think Kelsey and Waller are the only two tight ends that I start above him. And I mean, I better have a hell of a flex to even think about, you know, sitting Kittle because like, like why why would you sit him if the 49ers uh decide to play him yeah i mean i don't i don't know i mean i think he's just he's an automatic so i'm pretty much uh i actually have that in a league where i have to make that decision and i guess um i guess it makes it easy. I guess the answer we've, we've had a long winded answer to something that we probably could have said in 10 words, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just, uh, 
I mean, it's good to talk it out, but for sure, it's like it's it seems like it's such an obvious answer now that you know, kind of wrap my brain around it. Yeah, but but you know what? I think it is good to talk it out because we we get stuck in these situations all the time where it is a really good elite player is coming off of injury and we're not sure how to handle it. You know, Julio Jones comes back from injury and we're like, God, do we play him? Do we not play him? You know, we hear the dreaded limited snaps and then we really get worried. You know, it happened last week with Keenan Allen. You know, is Keenan Allen going to play? Yeah, he's going to play. He's yelling into the camera, you know, don't sit me fantasy players. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, like we're going to start him. And then he kind of so we have to make these decisions all the time. And we're a lot of times we're unsure which direction we want to go in because it's like, all right, like if I if I play this guy and he's a dud, especially now in championship week. That's a championship. We, you know, we just talked about this in our last question. Like we're playing for first, like we're playing to be the person that, you know, represents the league as champion for the next year. So, you know, the decisions get a lot more impactful because you don't have another week to make up the game that you you messed up this week. So, but uh, you know what, while we're here, you know, why don't we play a little game and we're going to play the, uh, George Kittle or blank game. So I'm going to name some guys and I just want you to tell me, is it going to be, and I'm, I'm assuming this is a flex situation. So you, uh, you can let me know, um, what you think. George Kittle or Robert Woods. Hmm. I'm probably going uh, in just a PPR. PPR. No premium. Okay. No um, premium. Yeah, I'm probably still going Kittle. Uh, I agree with you. I think I'd go Kittle as well. Um, let's see. I'm, I'm trying to look through some names here. I was going to say Keenan Allen, but if he's still hurt, I mean, that's an easy one because we, we thought he could play last week <laughs> and we all got burned by that. Um, here's a good so one. So the actual, we could go with the actual A-Rob that's in the game that's not um, the actual Robinson. Uh, I'm going A-Rob over him. Okay. Here's, here's a good one, and I'm, I'm going to preface this. George Kittle or Tony Pollard if Zeke doesn't play. And they play Philly. PPR. Mm. Yeah, that's a tough one. I'm probably going to go Kittle. Um but that's a that's a tough one for sure. Um Uh yeah, I really I mean that's that that is a tougher one than I expected, but I think this is where and this could be just a comfort bias mm-hmm. where like you just feel comfortable playing like the guy that you've seen do well for a long period of time. Right. Uh, I've had these conversations recently, like in some chats and some and some podcasts where you know, starting your big name players, or do you pick somebody who's got like an incredible matchup, you know, it's, it's, or has a great opportunity in a position. And 
it's really hard when your brain tells you that these big name players are, they do well for you so much, but then maybe they have a bad matchup and then you have some other guy who you haven't seen do anything all year, but he just landed into a great situation. Do you have the, you know, the internal strength to make that decision to put a player in that, you know, are you, that you could very easily regret if it blows up in your face. And, and that's the situation you're presenting is exactly that. And, and so, I mean, I'd probably have to hear that uh, Kittle has practiced, you know, through the whole time um, for me to feel comfortable in starting him over uh, Pollard. But I'd have to know that also that Zeke is definitely not playing. Right. And, and I, I agree with everything you said. I think I would go Kittle. But not only do I have Tony Pollard on my championship team, and he was my highest scoring player last week. Uh, you know, I'm also a Dallas Cowboys fan, which I know obviously is gonna is going to shade that a little bit. I think Kittle at the end of the day. But man, that that would be a tough one. That would be one that I would sweat until Sunday, and I would put Kittle in, and I would just pray that Tony Pollard didn't go off because I would be mad at myself. But here's here's one more. Since, uh, since our man Steve Dennis said it would be a short game, and we actually came up with a couple of nail biters. Detroit Lions own Marvin Jones, who has been, by the way, who's been balling out. I didn't put this up here just because he's a lion. I've been, I put this up here because this dude is probably on a few championship teams in, in flex spots, kind of just winning weeks on his own. So uh, Detroit's own Marvin Jones or George Kittle? Man, I mean, and all these conversations, and I didn't really take into account that C.J. Beathard is probably the guy throwing the ball. So there's another facet that I hadn't really considered that, you know, our whole conversation, um, I'm not sure. That probably actually um, maybe makes it easier for me to pick a different player. Um, So I would probably – I mean, if the situation is, I might take Pollard over um, Kittle because of that. Um, so probably the same thing with Jones, um, just as long as Stafford's playing, and it sounds like he is. But then we have to take into account that Detroit's coach has or is being quarantined, so they may not have a play caller. So <laughs> like, there's since he was the old OC. So there's really nobody um, that's been in those, you know, game planning meetings. So um, that's kind of a challenge. Um, so I, I probably go Kittle in that unless I know that uh, Bevel is going to be back calling plays. And actually on another pod I was listening to, and I listen to too many pods, so I can never give people credit for the funny stuff they say. But uh, someone said they should use the uh, – the Peyton Manning robot that he uses in those Thai commercials and just have all of the quarantine coaches in, uh, in different war rooms. And they just can communicate with the team via the little rolling robot and call plays and send them out. I thought that was pretty funny. I was like, yeah, that would be a really good idea. Actually just have a little robot rolling down the sideline. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's such an interesting situation with the lions and their coaching staff and, you know, 
I mean, it sounds like they might be missing like half of their coaching staff due to the fact that they uh, they're close contacts and they, you know, at least one person obviously um, has COVID and it's kind of, it's kind of nutty. It's like, wow, what, like, what do you do? Who's calling plays? Who's, who's, yeah. Stafford said he can call the plays once they get out there. But the problem is, you know, just them picking the proper, um, you know, packages to come in to run the plays. And so he's not going to be, somebody's got to be able to even do that. And he's like, cause he can easily look at what the defense is giving him at this point in time in his career and just make, you know, make decisions off of that. So it's, it's, uh, it'd be fun to see him just call the whole game, just say F it, you know, let's, you know, let's do it. Let's see what happens. And, uh, it'd be a shit show, but it'd be a fun shit show. Uh, I mean, look, it's 2020. We've seen all kinds of crazy stuff happen. We've seen the Broncos play a game without a quarterback. I mean, why don't we let Matt Stafford just call the whole game? The kicker and the punter can take take the week off because, you know, you know, Matt Stafford, he's going for it on every fourth down. So those two guys could take the week off and just, you know, have a cold one and, and just talk about the good old days while Stafford is going for it on fourth and 17 and, you know, probably hit Marvin Jones for a 22 yard reception or something like that. But uh, talking about flex and talking about Marvin Jones, Jimmy J here, uh, thoughts on the flex, Mike Evans, Marvin Jones, JK Dobbins. (laughs) Those, those are three really good guys. (laughs) Uh, That's a tough one. You, you have a good team. If these are your flex considerations. Do you know who uh, Baltimore plays? No, but let me look that up real quick. Okay, uh-huh. I know that uh, Tampa and Detroit play each other. Right. So I'm probably going Mike Evans over Marvin Jones just because Tampa's defense. Um, and, you know, I, I think that that's just – but J.K., I mean, it's nice that uh, basically they're not playing uh, Ingram. I believe is the case. Right. So it's just down to him and Gus. And, and so it'll be, that's a tough one. Um, <laughs> so, so Baltimore is playing the New York football giants. Okay. I'm probably going, damn, that's, that is a tough one. I'm probably, I probably lean Dobbins here. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry, Jimmy J. We're not going to, we're not going to agree here. The problem is that all three of these guys I are picked really the third good. one. Yeah, that's probably that's probably where you're going with this. But um, I would actually go with Marvin Jones. He's just hot right now. He's he's killing it. I mean, let's face it. Detroit is probably going to be playing from behind in a lot of this game. So there's going to be passes galore. And it seems like Marvin Jones is is the guy that Stafford looks for first in this situation or in these situations. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Marvin Jones. and. Bill went with J.K. Dobbins, so yeah, maybe Mike Evans is the right answer. <laughs> but good luck, regardless, man. That's uh, that's looks like a good team uh, starting A.J. Brown and Justin Jefferson and Aaron Jones and Derrick Henry. So yeah. should be a fun one for you. Good luck. Yeah, you might be able to start me at flex and still win with those guys you got out there. So, uh, so that, that's a that's a damn good team, though. So we're gonna we're gonna move now to uh, to Zach Stevens at Zach DNVR. 
at Zach Stevens DNVR, excuse me. Uh, Drew Locke said, if we get another year for this offense, the sky's the limit for us as a young team. So, Bill, you pose an interesting question here. What is the ceiling of this offense if all of the pieces return? So, I mean, I think we're pretty confident in the pieces, and this is what I'm going to say. Corlin Sutton, Jerry Judy, Melvin Gordon, Philip Lindsay, even the even the secondary receiving options, Tim Patrick, KJ Hamler, Deshaun Hamilton to a, a small extent. And then obviously at tight end, they have Noah Fan. So they have guys. The biggest question, and this is this is the conversation you and I have had on previous episodes, is what is what is the ceiling for Drew Locke? I think what you believe the ceiling for Drew Locke is, is what the ceiling for this offense is. If the ceiling for Drew Locke, in your opinion, is a top 20 quarterback, and when I say top 20, we're talking about like probably more 16 through 20, they're capped. They don't, you know, they'll be okay, but they're not going to be, you know, an elite offense. But if you believe that Drew Locke has, let's say, 8 to 10 upside or even 8 to 12 upside, then I think this is going to be a really freaking good offense. So I think it all depends on Drew Locke. I mean, that's my opinion on it. What do you think, Bill? Yeah, I mean, that's definitely you have to consider Locke. And then you also have to consider just the offense in general. Like, is it going to be a you know, where they're they're running a ton of plays and it's going to be high volume, or is it going to be a, a offense that's kind of capped just based on the amount of plays that they, you know, are, are executing per game? So I'm not sure, like, that I ever see them being – like, I think that there's probably eight offenses in the NFL that will always be – higher volume than them like automatically and that's like so even if Locke is a top 10 quarterback I don't think he that their offense will ever get above that consistently with what's you know with the situation as it is now you know I don't believe that he is that so that basically limits him I think the offense like that offense isn't great right now Overall, I think they're in the bottom third of the NFL. So, like, I think nine out of 14 games or something, whatever it was, they've um, scored 21 points or less. So it's not like they're showing well this year. And so, and a lot of the offense was in garbage time. So there's just a lot of things that are working against them this year. Now, obviously they can improve. And I mean, that's, definitely something that can happen. Um, you know, I, I just, I know he's trying to buy another year for himself by making comments like this, you know, but I, I just, and he might get it. Um, it'll be interesting to see, but I don't see them being more than like a, a mid tier offense. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. Uh, it, it's really all dependent on Drew Locke. And I also think, while I don't think they're going to fire their head coach this season, 
I think this would be a good spot for one of these offensive minded uh, OCs that are that are probably going to get a head coaching job to go into. I mean, if you got like Brian Dable from Buffalo to work with uh, Drew Locke and maybe work some of the same magic with Drew Locke that he's worked with Josh Allen and run that offense, you know, I mean, we've seen what he's done with Stephon Diggs and Cole Beasley and John Brown. And I mean, they look good out there. And I don't think they have the running backs that Denver does. And I think they have a better tight end. So it would be interesting to see if if they did get a guy like that, which I don't think they will. I think they bring Vic Fangio back for another year. It sounds like from all the beat reporters, they want to uh, they want to run this back one more year and just hope that everyone stays healthy for the whole season to really get a gauge on whether Drew Locke is the guy for this offense. Uh, you know, but he, I think he's the main factor here. If he can be, yeah. if he could be a top 12 guy, I think that, I think the offense has a chance to be pretty good, but if he's, if he's QB 20, they're not going to be good. I mean, it's just, it doesn't matter what the weapons are on, on that side of the field. Yeah. And I just looked it up. They're 28th in uh, yards per game and 28th in points per game. So uh, I gr- granted Locke missed some time and all of that, um, you know, but that's still like, it's not like he's pulling the offense up when he's been back. So that's the concern, but he's young and he has a chance to grow. This off season's huge for him. And, you know, even then he might be SOL just because if they go in a different direction, like he's, you know, he's just out of luck. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, I just don't – I just – I think he's maybe being a little – you know, he's blowing a little more sunshine than he ought to, I guess. But if I'm in his position, I guess I am going to be, you know, looking at it from a sunshine way. Yeah, and it's going to – it's definitely going to be an interesting offseason because a guy that we've been talking about possibly as – the veteran presence to push Drew Locke, um, Sam Darnold. Now, you know, now there's reports coming out of New York that if they do pick second, it's not locked up that they're going to take Justin Fields. They could take uh, Penny Sewell and try to build an offensive line around Sam Darnold, especially because he, pr- he played pretty well in that Rams game. So, I mean, you've kind of always seen flashes of brilliance from Sam Darnold, but you've never seen it kind of strung out in an extended way, but, you know, if he stays in New York, then that's a guy that I've, I've heard rumored as someone that uh, John Elway would maybe trade a pick for to bring in and kind of push Drew Locke or maybe even take over the position from Drew Locke. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what direction they go in if they, you know, go with an older vet, you know, yeah, at at one point Sam Bradford's name was being bounced around there. I don't think that would happen, but you never know. It's the NFL; things can happen. But yeah, that's going to be an interesting. Uh, that's going to be an interesting spot to watch and see what they do with uh, Drew Locke and how they handle him. And I think free agency and the draft is going to go towards kind of making that picture a little bit clearer. So let's move on here to. Uh, 
the Pharaoh Fantasy at DTC underscore Izzy E. He said, uh, and this is actually, he was actually responding to another treat by treat tweet by Kane Fassell at Debbie underscore Kane. Do you believe that a trade agreed to in a chat means it should go through in the league? And his response was, some people are shysters. I will never, ever agree to text offer. I always say, send it over and I'll take a look. I've had too many instances where I agree and then they say, okay, let me think about it. TF you mean? And I think we all know what the TF means. Um, this is so interesting. And I've actually seen a lot of tweets about this in the last few days, I guess, with, you know, people being in the playoffs and making it to championship games there, are, you know, if you don't have a trade deadline, there are a lot of trades being talked about and, Hey, would you be willing to trade player X? Oh yeah. You know, I think so. You know, oh, would you take, you know, this player or these picks or a player in picks? And you're kind of chatting about it before you just send them a cold offer. Um, what are your thoughts on this bill? If, if it's there in writing, is it legal? I mean, it's not legal, but it's something that you got to be really careful as a team uh, that you don't fall into that where you burn bridges with other, you know, league members because you him and haw about something that you've discussed and basically agreed upon and chat. And then you go, Oh, let me think about it. I mean, if you start out the conversation saying, Hey, I'm just feeling the, you know, I'm dipping my toe in to see like, you know, where your, what your thoughts are and we kind of can hash something out and I'm going to, you know, that's something I'm going to consider because I'm talking to other people or, or whatever like that. I'm cool with it. Just so I can see kind of where you are with the valuation. Like as long as you're upfront about that, I'm cool with it. But if you don't present that up front and then you, and you're kind of making it sound as though you want to make a trade and you know, you're just hashing it out with that one league mate and then you kind of back off that's that's bad form and i think that you're going to burn bridges that way and you know that's just going to hurt you in the long term so i agree with izzy i think that you know i think we've all experienced that at some point in time and especially if you play in a lot of leagues like there's always you know and i think maybe even early on i may have done that um i'm not i can't recall of anything but i'm sure there's been a time where I'm like, all right, let me think about this. I'm not 100% sold on it, but if, if, but I'm not going to get to the point where I say I agree with a trade and then back out like that. Like ultimately like my words, my bond, that's how I've always looked at it. And so if I, you know, I'm not going to be that guy that backs out. Um, and if I have to take a hit and I'm not super stoked about the trade, I mean, tough shit because, you know, I already committed. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. Um, I, uh, I I definitely do chat sometimes about trades and you know DMs or and GroupMe or whatever platform we're using to communicate in, and you know, or someone may come to me and say, "Hey, are you willing to trade you know player X?" And my my response is, "I'm willing to trade anybody at the right price. Like I'm I'm not." committed to anybody so much that I wouldn't give them up, but the, you know, the price has to be right. And we could talk back and forth. And I'm, I'm like you, Bill, if, 
we, we say, hey, I'm going to trade player A and you're going to trade me player B or this package or whatever. And I say, okay, cool. You know, like, yeah, we're going to make this trade. Like, as soon as you send it, I, I accept it. You know, that's me. That's the way I, I play. But I always, I, I never commit. I will always say, hey, you know, if someone says, hey, you know, we talked about it. It seems like you want this. It seems like I want that. I'll be like, all right, man, send it to me and let me take a look at it. I just want to see it out in front of me on my computer screen or on my on my phone so that I can really take a look at it. And that's what I say because I don't do this enough, but I, I think if you're playing smart, if someone reaches out to you, especially in this time of year now where we're talking about playoff teams and we're talking about the first thing you should be doing is going to the rest of the teams that are still alive in your playoff and saying, Hey, do you have any interest in player A? And see what they say. They may be like, yeah, man, like I'll give you all of this stuff. And maybe the person you've been talking to is like, I'll give you a little bit of this over here. And you can go back to the first person and say, Hey, look, like, uh, you know, it's just not worth it to me. Like, and trade that guy right over to the other guy who's in the championship, maybe because he's going to give you more or give you more assets that you like. I don't do that enough. Usually if someone reaches out to me or I reach out to somebody, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not talking to four other people about the same player. It's usually just me and you. I do do it sometimes, but I probably don't do it as much as I should. So uh, that's me. But yeah, I agree with Izzy. Like I always say, yeah, send it to me and I'll take a look at it because I've had, I've had those instances early on in my, you know, in my, fantasy career and my dynasty career like yeah man like let's make this deal and then they're like uh you you know it's almost like you accept it too easily there must be something wrong with my with my offer and then they try to amend it and then you get into this situation where you're like wait a minute i thought we agreed on this deal here and now all of a sudden you want to change it to be something else so yeah i always say you know send it to me and i'll take a look at it but yeah if if you do agree to it, it should be binding, but it's really not binding unless it goes through the system, goes through whatever platform you're using. So, I mean, I've, I've seen this in leagues before where someone says, hey, like they said right here, they were going to accept this deal. You know, I have the screenshots. It's like, yeah, but, you know, they changed their mind and they have, you know, the right to, I mean, they shouldn't have agreed to your deal. But they have the right to change it until until they hit accept. They have the right to say, maybe it's not enough. Yeah, it's essentially a verbal agreement. That's not a contract. So, you know, it's uh, it's one of those things where it just saves you the headache. Like, because then you have to go through the process twice. So, you know, send the offer. That's that's the way that you can get it in uh, writing, and uh, you know that's pretty much it. Like there's just been so many people like over, I've heard so many people complain about this year after year after year. And if you've been in this long enough, you've encountered it probably more than one time. And it, it gets old real quick. Cause you just wasted all this time with somebody thinking that you were in a good faith negotiation. And then, you know, you just need to, if you do start talking, you just need to um, say, Hey, I'm shopping. Like, so that people are aware that you're not agreeing to anything at the moment. You're just seeing what's out there. 
And and Kane Kane was on uh on the Trade Addicts pod with Russ this week, and uh, that was a real good episode. If you haven't heard it yet, uh, definitely go ahead and listen to that. But uh, he he brought up a good point too. Like, if this is something you feel real strongly about, like put it in your bylaws. Like, hey, if if you have a screenshot and you have a screenshot of a guy saying, "Yeah, I accept," and everyone has the same bylaws. That's what it is. Like, then, then it's legal. But besides that, I mean, yeah, it ain't legal. I'll never have that in my bylaws. <laughs> it's nah. just too easy to just keep it as is. And hey, if you burn bridges, that's your fault, not mine. Exactly. Exactly. I'm, I'm with you like that. I'm with you on that one. So, Bill, that, that's the end of our story. That's uh, all right. That, that we got to, uh, we got to all the questions this week. It was. It was a good week. Uh, we had a lot of good ones on this Christmas Eve Eve. Uh, thank you to everybody who was watching on YouTube, man. Really appreciate it. Uh, Jimmy J with some good questions. Steve Dennis with some good questions. Lindsay Kennedy, as always, uh, doing her thing uh, in the comments. Uh, and there were other people in and out. We appreciate you guys. Remember, if you're watching us on YouTube, uh, Hit that, uh, hit that follow, hit that bell so you know when we go live. If you're listening to us on podcast, thank you for that too. Uh, it's the holiday season; everyone's busy. So if you spent the last hour listening to us, I mean, that that's uh, that shows commitment. So we're uh, we're happy about that. And I think I have said everything that I need to say. So, Bill, we are out of here. Late.